and he's equipping his church so that we can take up the mantle and, and get that last harvest in. You know, we're, we're really feeling a stirring as a church as we've gone through the book of Revelations in a class, and we only have a what, couple weeks left, Pastor, and uh, it's just been amazing what God has, has done through that class, and um, we brought that to the Sunday morning services, just beginning to go through Revelations as well. And so we're going to just um, share a few points from Revelation 6 this morning, um, just to encourage you and encourage us as a church that God has something for us. Amen? Amen. We have to believe that, just like the song we were singing this morning, we have to believe it. And so let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray in these few moments that you would give us just a word of encouragement to your church. God, we pray for those who are here for the first time, maybe in person, those who are watching and tuning in for the first time in person, that they would be blessed by your word, Lord, that they would be encouraged by what is happening here at the church. And God, for your people who have been serving you for years, God, let them just, Lord, not, not lay back, but Lord, just grab the reins of the altar, Lord, the horns of the altar, and, and press into what you have for all of us. Father, let your word this morning be life to us, let it be relevant, and let us put it to action this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, and there's been, I think, over 135 renditions of the movie, whether it's been screenplays, different movies, animations, uh, and many of you might have heard it, and many of you might have seen it, but how many by hands have seen the movie A Christmas Carol? <laughs> by who? Charles Dickens. You know, we've, we've made it for, for my generation, we, we saw the Muppets, the Muppets Christmas Carol. That was what I grew up with. And so you can look at your generation, where you came from, and when you were born, and you can probably attribute a movie to that time just because there's been so much. And something in this movie that was really um, powerful was we have a man, uh, a very grumpy, very stingy man named Ebenezer Scrooge. And he has uh, a dream where these three spirits or ghosts visit him to show him the true meaning of, of Christmas. And so we have the ghost of Christmas past, we have the ghost of Christmas present, and we have the ghost of Christmas future. And to make a long story short, the ghost of Christmas future, we see this scene that is actually pretty, um, pretty scary, where the, the ghost brings him to this graveyard, and he points to a tombstone to which Scrooge goes, and he takes snow, and he begins to wipe it off, and it reveals his name on the tombstone. And he has this moment of, of, of sorrow, of deep sorrow and fear. And he turns and basically says to the, uh, the spirit that, why would you show me this if there wasn't still hope for me? And, and what's amazing is as he's weeping, as he's crying, he begins to have a new perspective. And then all of a sudden he wakes up. He's back in his bedroom. He's back in that place of uh, familiarity. And he realizes that, in the dreams, it seemed like it was weeks and even months and that his life was over. But when he woke up, it, it, was still the, it was that same day. Not a day had gone by. And we see this joy in his face. And he, he opens the windows and he yells down to a boy on the street and he asks him what day it is. And the kid looks up at him and says, what are you talking about? It's Christmas Day. And what his response was is, I haven't missed it. And so as we look at Revelation, there's a lot of chapters where we look ahead that God is revealing things that are going to happen, events that will happen, that will not be changed. And it can be very heavy, it can be very scary, but what we have to realize is we can still change right now where we are. We can say that we haven't missed it yet. And Revelation 6 is a time where we begin to see the judgments of God poured out. We see it in three different things. We see the seals, we see the trumpets, 
And then lastly, we see the bowls. And this is where Revelation gets very heavy. This is where Revelation gets very scary. But for us Christians, we don't have to be weighed down by that fear. But unfortunately, there's two types of people who this message this morning is going to go out to. And one is for the Christians. And two, if God comes back in this timing, this message is for those who are going to be left behind. This message goes to those who might be still sitting in these seats who might still be living during that time because they have not accepted Christ as their Savior. And what we believe as a church that we are going to be taken up before all this happens, and hopefully we do because it's a lot of chaotic and craziness. But this message is going to hit people differently. And as John is beginning to see these things unravel, he says in Revelation 6, chapter 1, Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, And I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come. Now we have to to picture this voice. Thunder literally means like a storm. It's a roaring. This wasn't just a tiny little voice in heaven saying come. He is hearing this loud voice like thunder yelling come. Because now the judgment of God is about to be poured out over the earth. You know, we do speak that God is a loving God. We do speak that God is a God of mercy, but he's also a just God. And when there is sin in the earth, there is a time of consequences that come with that. And now in Revelation, we're beginning to see it unravel. And in the, in, in what we're seeing is these seals beginning to break. And each seal is going to represent something that's going to be poured out on the earth. And so the first seal, it says in verse 2, And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and his rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. What this represents is it's, it's a seal of conquest. We've, the Bible talks about an antichrist that will rise up. There's been people in the past who have claimed to be Jesus, and they're dead and gone. But this will be the actual Antichrist who's going to rise up and take rule and reign over the earth. And what he's going to bring is he's going to promise to bring peace. He's going to promise to bring prosperity. And many are going to follow him, but it's going to be false. It's going to be deception. We see that even in the description that he's holding a bow, there's no arrow in it. And this, this rider that's going to come during this time when the tribulation comes is he's going to promise things to the world that people are going to want. We don't know the specific details, but there are people looking for a savior right now. <clears throat> they're looking to government. They're looking to people to bring salvation. And the first seal that's going to be broke open is not going to bring that. It's also going to bring a false sense of religion. You know, the scary thing is, it's, he's even going to <coughs> deter Christians, people who know the word, people who came to church and worshipped and was a part of what God was doing. The devil's going to use them so mightily that he's going to pull people, church people, away. <coughs> so church, we have to know God's word, amen? Amen. Verse 3. When he opened the second seal, I heard the living creature say, Come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that the people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. So once this Antichrist comes and begins to rule, we're going to see a big difference in our world. 
chaos is going to come. What scares me the most about this seal is that it talks about <coughs> taking peace from the world. We look around our nation, do we see peace? We don't. We see chaos in the streets. We look at other nations. Other nations are dealing with so much. We're seeing this chaos around the world. But the amazing thing is, is the Holy Spirit is still here. He's still working through the church. But we can't even begin to imagine the chaos that will be on this earth when that peace is taken away. This second seal represents war. There's going to be wars breaking out all over the earth. And the scary thing is, if we look at the wordage here, that this rider was given a great sword. Now, sword means different things throughout the Bible. And the Greek here is maktara, which is a sword of, it's a curved sword blade. And what it is, it's for cutting flesh. And this rider is going to go through and we're going to begin to see death worldwide. You know, if we look at warfare, 108 million people have been killed in wars in the past, in the 20th century. Think about that. 108 million deaths through war. The Civil War, we lost about 620,000 to 750,000. World War I, I think, was around 20 million. And World War II, we had between 40 and 60 million deaths. As technology gets better, it's like every war we see bigger body counts. And once these seals begin to break open, we're going to see our world change. And this rider represents that warfare. It's going to go through and there's going to be a death count that's going to be unimaginable. As he moves to the third seal in verse 5, he says, When he opened the third seal, I heard and the third living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a black horse and his rider had a pair of scales in its hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarii and three quarts of barley for a denarii, but do not harm the oil and the wine. And so this, this third seal, this third horseman of the apocalypse represents famine. It represents famine. And that is something that is a product of warfare. When war is going to be this big, there's a ripple effect that happens in wars. Don't we see that in our own nation? When things happen and we go to war, there's a massive ripple effect, not just in people losing their lives, but in the economy. And famine is one of the things that comes from warfare. And because this, this war is going to be so big, because it's going to be all over the earth, there's going to be famine all over the earth. It's not one nation's going to have more and one nation's going to have less. Every family, every nation, everyone will be suffering from this. You know, we think we've gone through want. But we, I think we need to talk to our grandparents who maybe went through the Great Depression. Going through true Want. And one of the things that's interesting is that this writer is holding scales in his hand, which talks about a measuring that's going to begin to happen. A measuring that will begin to happen because of that famine. And what's happened is there's going to be inflation. They said what you pay now could be 11 to 16 times more. That means when you go to Stop and Shop and you get a pound of Lando Lakes cheese for $7.99, at this time, because of famine, because of inflation, you could be paying $179 for that one pound of cheese. Kids out there who want the new Xbox Series X that has come out, the new PlayStation 5, which you can't get because they're sold out, they're selling for $4.99. With inflation at this time, because of this, this ripple effect, because of this famine, you could pay 
easily $8,000 for one console. The new I Apple just released a new iPhone 12, which came out in the color purple. You want that during this time of inflation? It's going to cost you $15,000. It's going to cost a family $512, a family of four to eat at Chick-fil-A, $512 with this inflation for one dinner. But it becomes real when you think about if I have children during this time and they have an allergic reaction, an $8 bottle of, of Benadryl could cost you $127. So you start to see the ripple effects of what these seals are beginning to do. We read through this, but we cannot even begin to imagine what this is going to begin to do to people. The pain, the sorrow, the frustration. It's going to point us away from things that we want from leisure to just barely getting by, to measuring out food. Some of us know what that's like. My biological mother, because she was a drug addict, and you know, I remember getting up in the morning, and it was pretty much mostly water with a little bit of milk. Because of her lifestyle, we had no money. And so that's what we ate. At that time, we didn't know it was disgusting, but at that time, that's, what we, that's, all, we, that's all we had. I remember a time even watching through my, my, her bedroom door and she was eating a, a box of caramel popcorn. And I just remember watching and just wanting some because we were so hungry. That's nothing compared to what's going to be happening throughout the earth when these seals begin to break open. And I know that sounds scary, but just like Scrooge, when he saw the fear of what could happen, there's a reason why God is showing us this now. Because you can change. If you don't have a relationship with God, you can change now so you don't have to be a part of this. But unfortunately, we are speaking to people who might be a part of this. We're speaking to a people who might have a generation who, is, who will have kids who will go through this. And the seals don't begin to get any better. He goes in verse 7, When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and wild beasts of the earth. And pale, the Greek word here is chloros, which literally means like it's, it's when someone gets sick, they look like a greenish-yellowish. And that's what this, this horse is representing, that there's going to be a pestilence that's going to be getting to come over the earth and that a fourth of the population is going to be lost. I want you to think about that. 7.8 billion people living on the earth right now. You know, we've lost 570,000 people to COVID in our nation. I think it's 3.7 worldwide now. When this rider sweeps across the earth, we're going to see a death count of 1,950,000 people. Just like that. The seals go on to say, when they opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne, they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? It says, then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete. And they were to be killed as they themselves had been. So we see this other scene where Christians who lived during this time were going to be killed. And they're crying out to God to avenge them. And thank God that we have a God who does avenge us. Amen? But Paul encourages Christians in Romans 12 verse 19 that let God take vengeance. 
We don't have that authority or that right. What the word of God tells us about vengeance is two things. Number one, it's not ours. And number two, it's God's. If we as Christians can learn to live in that, trust me, the beginning of what God is going to begin to do is going to be vengeance enough on God's people. If you feel that you have been, had injustice spoken to you or things have been done to you because of, of your Christianity or because of anything else, let God take vengeance. He will in his time. Amen? And lastly, as we wrap up, when you open the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth and the full moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth. And as I jump down to verse 15, it says, Then the kings of the earth, the great ones and the generals, the rich and the powerful, and everyone slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who was seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Can you stand with me this morning, church? You know, we can read that and we can become really discouraged because of what's happening. Or we can read it and we can still have that, that spirit that Ebenezer Scrooge had on the morning where he said, I haven't missed it. You do not have to go through this because of what Jesus has done. But God's judgment will be poured out on the earth. And we as a church need to begin to pray and begin to intercede and begin to have a burden for the lost. God wants to endow us with his spirit so that we can go forth and unpopulate hell to populate heaven. We had our youth convention here this weekend, and it was so powerful. And they talked about taking another one from hell. That was one of the messages. I'm encouraged when I read Revelation 6. One, because I know that my faith is sealed. Amen. Amen. And I don't have to go through this. But it also puts on a weight on me to begin to preach God's word as we go out. We can't become comfortable as a church. When we go out, when we leave here today, we have to begin to pray for the Holy Spirit to give us an anointing at our workplaces, to give us an anointing when we're in the grocery stores. If you're here this morning, you don't have a relationship with God, as I pray, we encourage you, don't let another day go by. If the rapture is withheld and you lose your life, are you sure this morning, without a doubt of your mind, that you have a relationship with God? Because if not, all hope is gone. But God has given us a glimpse into the future to see his judgment. And it's not about judgment. It's about what can come from that. We encourage you to repent this morning. Repent. Get into an open relationship with God. Get into a community. Come to church. Be a part of what God is doing. And we don't have to fear revelation. We can be filled with his spirit and actually pull people out from the enemy and put them in a place with a living relationship with God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the move of your spirit, God. We thank you that even with these seals, God, the craziness and chaos that will be over this earth, God, we don't have to live through that, God. But, God, we pray that you would help your church to wake up, Father that we would go out, Lord, and be disciples among the nations, God, telling people about you, telling people about what you've done, telling people about the liberty and the freedom that can come through a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, anyone in here who's not saved, Father, I pray that they would step forward, God, and begin to open up and have that living relationship with Jesus this morning. We thank you that you have given us a glimpse of the future. And although it's fearful, God, we don't have to live in fear, but God, it can challenge us right now to make moves, God, to open up our eyes and see what you want to do. Father, we pray that you protect us as we go out. 
And it is in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, and we'll see you Wednesday.